take these chains. Welcome back to Soulful Conversations, people. I hope you are having a ball. That's normally what I hope for everyone. Um, it might be a bit hard to have a ball, be having a ball if you're particularly in Melbourne lockdown and um, lockdown 2.0. But wherever you are, I hope you're making the most of it and um, doing your best to deal with the sitch. I'm very lucky in northern New South Wales, but actually I'm over the border on the Gold Coast right now because the border to Queensland between Queensland and New South Wales was shut. So I had to sneak over the border, not, you know what I mean, get across the border before it closed so I could do my gigs. But the silver lining is that I've been surfing my ass off and playing a lot of guitar. And I got good waves at Burley this morning. Um, so... It really isn't much of a sob story at my end. But I found this podcast that I did about a month ago when my dad was up from Melbourne. And it was at the time that the whole Black Lives Matter thing kicked off. And a lot of people often ask me about my heritage. And in truth, I'm not so sure it didn't play a part in me getting into blues music. Because growing up, I was in a uh, very... Anglo area and one half of my family was black and one half of my family was white and um, I guess maybe that even contributed to me really identifying with black American culture um, and really getting into uh, blues music but I've always really found racism to just be one of the most horrible things in this world and you know as when I grew up in the 80s I knew that if my parents were together in my dad's home country that they would actually be in jail and it was a pretty heavy thought so anyway I thought it would be really good while my dad was up to get him into the Soulful Conversations studio and have a little chat. So I started by asking him where he's from. Uh, mine is a bit of a funny one because I am. I was born in Cape Town, South Africa, and I came out here as a kid with just my brothers and my my mother and father, and we came in 1972, and we came from an oppressed society of black people, which it was law there where they had apartheid. But it's funny because you get put in a little box there and you don't get out of your box. So you don't... I, as a kid, didn't really realise that I was being persecuted till I came to Australia and realised what freedom really was. Mm. Because they... The oppressor usually tries to keep you uneducated about these things. And I'm not blaming any white people for that. That was just part of, of well, you didn't really think about it in those days because it, it was a police state. Mm. So it was actually a really, really bad place to grow up in. And uh, But we're talking about Australia, really, the plight of... Uh, black people in Australia because this is where I live and this is this is my home which I've never ever considered South Africa to be my home since I came here uh, and it was very very difficult for my parents because they I think my dad was in his late 40s when we came here and I think 
both a white South African and a coloured or black South African, from what I see, they both suffer a bit mentally from the oppression of apartheid. So mm. that's how I see it. It's very, very hard. And, and, and it's like you are seeing your own parents being mentally tortured. And I can only speak from my own parents, obviously, but I, I know in my life here in the building industry, because that's where I'm from, my work's in the building industry, I've met a lot of white South Africans and they are a bit tortured by that oppression as well. Mm. As, yeah, so it, it's a very, very, very funny situation. I remember uh, talking to another coloured South African guy, um, Jerry, who worked for you, and he was saying they got picked up at the airport and it was early in the morning. And they were going, Daddy, Daddy, look, there's a white guy, you know, when they had Garbos. Yeah, <laughs> there's a white guy emptying the rubbish. Actually, I have to stand and correct you on that one. That was me who told you that story. Oh, it wasn't Jerry. Yes. Oh. No, that was me. So we came to Australia in 1972 and they still had the white Australia policy then. I, I, I didn't know this at the time. I only find this out afterwards. But my father had to pay... He was a tradesman as well, a carpenter, and he had to pay full full fares to come from South Africa a year. And he was so angry when he found out that people from Europe, Italians and everything else, they were here on like, you know, the old 10-pound POM visas came out here like that. But because we were black, he had to, he had to sell up his house, which he had a house there, and sell up his business and then pay full fare to uh, to come out here, which was a bit strange in, in a way. I yeah. remember reading something. I hope I'm correct about this. Some ethnic groups paid more than the POMs, and then there was another category. If you're black, you paid extra on that. So there was three categories. Well, yeah, and my dad always used to go on about this. And, you know, as a kid, as you're growing up here, you sort of become Australian. And... You don't think anything of it till you get to your 50s and your 60s. And then you start to think about probably the trauma and things that your own family sort of faced in, a, in predominantly a white society, you know. So, uh, and, and, and I see, like, for Aboriginal people, you know, their plight is very different to my plight growing up here in Australia. And it's very hard to explain the differences and it's very hard to explain how they feel where it is funny because every time I see a black person you know it's funny you always make eye contact and then then you go over and you have a chat and you talk about you know rubbish or whatever but it's just you know it's a funny very very funny funny thing I, I remember once this guy said to me you know we were talking about aboriginal people and it was the building trade is probably the worst for racism back in the day, you know, when I, in the 80s and the 90s. And he said to me, you're different. And I said, why the hell am I different? I'm black like the other guys. They are oh, now you're different. People sort of view you as being different. I, I, I don't I can't understand that, you know, and I, and I think particularly because oh, he was being racist because he about was being, Aboriginal people. Or? He was being racist about Aboriginal people. I won't say the, the names they use. And you stand up whether whether I'm white or black. I'll stand up for whoever. And he said, "Well, you're different." And I <laughs> I just tried to explain. Well, what's the difference? Yeah, you know, you know, and I and I think with the Black Lives Matter thing, 
because, as Ash knows, his mother's white and blonde and blue-eyed. It's how do you explain it? You know, do you do you say in I've got five children, they're all different colours, different shades. But why should we be identifying them as different shades of black? <laughs> that's that's like to me. Well, hang on, you know, exactly some of their heritage. From. Yeah, yeah, some of the her- their heritage is is Anglo-Australian. My father-in-law is a terrific man, and he's born in England. You know, and so. <laughs> A guy, an artist, actually, when I was down in New Brighton, just where Ash lives, I was at the uh, coffee shop there. And again, you know, I always talk to everybody and talk my garbage to everybody. Somehow we got onto the Black Lives Matter. And I said to him, I don't want to be treated as an equal to anybody. All I want to be treated as just a human being, who I am. I don't want to be identified What do you mean, like not as a black equal guy, just as a guy? I I just want to be treated as a guy, you know? Don't don't identify me. It's not identify me. I am black, and I'm proud of being black. Uh, But I I think this when you start to work out, oh, that guy's black, or this guy's not that shade of black, and this, you 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 end up dividing people, and that's not. We're supposed to be a benevolent society and an educated society. If you ask us, you know, everybody will say, oh yeah, you know, and we do. In Australia, we live in the best country in the world. But I, I think there there can be that tendency when you start to put people in boxes, that's dividing them, and and. That's not a good thing. I don't mean to stand up here on a soapbox, but I just, if you want to identify somebody, just identify them as the person. Yeah, the other thing too that, you know, I told you, I just said to you before that I was talking to this dude and I don't know his name. We were talking about, he was actually from England and we were talking about, you know, the statues people put up and there were slave traders and all that and they were pulling all the statues down at the time. And I had a good think about it and I thought to myself, why can't they, if someone's had a statue and and a guy's been a slave trader or whatever he's been in his time, and even here in Australia, I think they were talking about pulling statues of Captain Cook down. Well, you know, this is where I always say to people when they say, oh, Australia was discovered in 1788 and that. And I always remind people, well, that's when the English or, or so-called and, and people probably Dutch and Portuguese discovered Australia before that. That's when they discovered Australia. But before that... There was a history here. So my thing is, you know, and and that's a debate people can have, is don't pull that statue down. Put the history up there of, say, Captain Cook, and then put the history of how black people who stood there watching these ships come in as to how they felt. Otherwise, you know, when I went to school here, I never, and my wife as well, because we went to school together, uh, we never got taught the Aboriginal history of, of, of this country we live in. You know? Not at all. And I must and, say that is changing a little bit. Yeah, and so it's open for, for, for discussion, I think. My kids have that history tied. They, are, they have a white history. They have a black history. They have a history of people being oppressed. You don't hide it from anybody. That's how you open and have a logical discussion. Mm. And you, you, in the past, we've hidden the history. If they tore down a statue and took him out of the history books, wouldn't it be the same, the same cruel fate that Aboriginal people are not in the history books and not? I mean, it, it, some of the stories I hear because I try and 
find this stuff out. Uh, some of the stories I hear, you know, they're taking the children away. I often think because I'm black, my wife's white. What would have happened if we, if I was in those times? You know, would my five kids be taken away? Some left behind? It's a horrible thought, but we can't hide that history. It's got to come out. It's got to be known. People, you know, they always say the the history is written by the victor. Well, there's no victory in in genocide we don't you know it's a horrible horrible thing and it's horrible what human beings can do to other human beings but if that's what happened then it happened and it should be told and that's why i think the same thing with the statues while i did you know i I never thought of it because you go into an education system that never tells you the truth and i don't want to be part of that anymore i want the truth told whether i like it or i don't like it i want the truth told and i would like my grandkids to be brought up where the truth is told and it is being told more so that's a good thing and there's a lot of um there's a lot of things coming out now and i think it's really good but just getting back to the personal so you came out in um, 72 and it was the white Australia policy and you moved to a very Anglo area. Mm-hmm. And how was that like being like the only black kid? at? Were you the only black kids at school, you and your brothers? Being brought up in a whole school where, you know, there's two or three black kids in the school. While you don't think, while you would like to think you're not different, you are different in things that happen to you. You know, you just... In those days, you just put it to the side and didn't worry about it. Uh, like what sort of stuff? People would call you all sorts of names, guys, you know. Back in the day where the, where the old hoon, he'd be hanging out his car, you know. There'd be four or five in the car. He'd be hanging out and calling, shouting out, you know, a black so-and-so. And I've actually had, you know, walking hand in hand when I was a kid with, with my girlfriend, wife now. Uh People would shout out to you, or guys would shout out to you, get your own women, you know, stuff <laughs> like that. And 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 they would often ask you, you know, and I shouldn't say this, but it is funny because I can laugh about it. They'd say to you, what are you doing here, you know? And I'd say, oh, well, you know, why are you in this country? You know, you should be, they say, I used to tell all the kids, well, yeah, you know, they used to say, did you have lions and monkeys in your backyard? And in the end, you just tell the kids whatever they wanted to know. You know, but it was that, and, and this is where I think, and I'm not tell, I'm not saying every white person doesn't understand. There's just subtleties of racism, and it's always been in this country. But I always appreciated that it was never law. The racism was never apart law. from the white Australia policy. Well, they were well. Well, we were lucky when Gough Whitlam came in, and and yeah. they withdrew. The Labor Party withdrew the white Australia policy. I mean, Gough Whitlam, you know, did a lot of great things in a very. But short you're saying of time. like, oh, and it and it would have been different in Aboriginal communities in remote areas, but in where you were, it wasn't literally apartheid like it was in South Africa. So you appreciate no. that. So yeah, it wasn't in law that you couldn't have the same opportunities so then so you were the odd one out at school and then you went and got that girlfriend pregnant and had me yeah (laughs) and not not confirming their suspicions (laughs) yeah you know about black people with you know appendages and you know but anyway no it so how did that go down well you know how old was I when you were born? I was 17 when you were born and your mum was 16, which is, and I I actually had a really promising uh, soccer career, which... Which I ended. <laughs> which, no, no, I ended that myself. But, no, which I could have gone and, 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 and probably uh, 
gone gone ahead with that because one thing you know one thing about you know and I look at all these black dudes playing all sorts of sport all over the world I wasn't the smartest guy at school and I never really liked school and so the currency you have and I did have I was a good athlete and that mm. was my currency you know where somebody else and and somebody else's currency is maybe they're good at maths or accounting or whatever i was good at sport you know so that was my currency uh and, and what you were on the um back pa- so just for people to uh know dad played uh in the australian schoolboy side for soccer and he was playing at um what is now victory was Hellas? Uh, is it no oh uh, well I, I i sort of played semi I, I did that was my proudest moment because my grandfather had died and and he said to me he wanted me to play for australia well i didn't quite fulfill that ambition but i did play youth football for australia at and uh, your granddad is in south africa yeah Said yeah. you should play for Australia. That's what because we went to see him before we came here, and he said, "Oh, make sure you, <laughs> yeah, make sure you play." And I did. I fulfilled uh, wow. just once, you know, yeah. in the in the schoolboys, and then that that was good. So your currency there, well, I didn't uh, know that. Well, it, it was your physical attributes, you know. But and then you're in the paper. I remember Mum was drew a picture of you at school, and she kept the photo, which was. Uh, a photo from the back of the Herald Sun, which was the Herald then, where they said the Australian Palais. Yeah, these days they reckon they, I thought they were calling me Palais, but it was belly, 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 <laughs> not, not belly, belly. Yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, and getting back to, you know, there were a lot of migrants in football, so so you sort of got treated just as a player. In soccer, you got in played. Soccer, it was sort of yeah. equal in soccer. And it was funny when I played at South Melbourne, Back in the day, that was probably the best team, and I was just a, 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 a. I was only seventeen, and I was thought I should be in the first team. But there was another. This was the funny thing. There was another South African playing there, a good friend of mine. His name was Howard Andrews, and he copped a bit of stick from the Creek supporters for being white. <laughs> so uh, I didn't cop any stick, but oh, he wow. did. <laughs> yeah. So isn't it funny? And it's funny how people can. Uh, can can be about race. Like I've got a German surname mm. because of you know. However, I got it. I don't know because I never recorded it. I tried to find out, but I I, I don't know. So I played soccer. You you can talk about funny things how people treat you for a team called Hakoa St Kilda, and it was a Jewish team. So I had a German surname playing for a Jewish team. Mm. And some of them hated me because I had a German surname. <laughs> so, uh, see, that's like a form of racism, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. you think? I yeah. think so. I thought, well, hang on, you know, I can't help the surname that I have. Yeah. And it's just funny. And this is what I'm saying about the Black Lives Matter thing. Treat people for what they are. You know, mm. don't treat them and don't put them in a box. This guy's got a German surname. He must be a German. You know, mm. don't don't treat them like that. And... Uh, you just gotta you just gotta take people for what they are. Don't mm. judge them. Oh well, there's this black guy. I gotta I gotta like him because he's this and he's that. Well, there's mm. this white guy. I gotta like him because he's this and he's that. Just like the person for who they are mm. and how they come across. That's how you gotta be. Don't put people in boxes because that, as I said before, divides people. It's interesting. Um, have you seen in Australia in the last forty years uh, changes? Yes, I have. Young people are much more educated on a lot of matters. And sometimes, you know, I even say to to mum, and uh, 
that people are friendlier now than they've ever been, you know. But I, but I, I think uh, people, I always used to say this, that people are scared of what they don't know, you know, and they're scared of, of different things. So if you don't know some guy, you know, there's a nation of people and you don't know anybody of that nation, how can you actually make a judgment? People make judgments on stuff they hear. They don't actually make judgment on on things that actually happen, you know, in their own experiences. In their own mean. experiences, mm. you know, like uh, they just got to make judgments on, on on the facts you know and the things you know about people. I know I listen to a guy called Satguru, which <laughs> people who listen to the podcast, <laughs> yeah, will which be, Ash will know. Me, that. Yeah, Ash put me onto this. He, this guy has been telling me, and I and I liked one of his sayings about his own daughter. He says ne- he said to her, <laughs> "Never look down on anybody, and don't look up to anybody, particularly me. Just look at them, and make and make your judgment. Look at them, make your judgment on that. And I think that's just fantastic advice. So it doesn't matter what colour they are. Mm. It, it, it's a good analogy. Mm. Okay. Well, thanks for that chat, and thanks for being on the old soulful conversations." I thought you'd let me chat for another four or five hours. (laughs) Did you like that little rap? (laughs) 